Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me today is a full house. We got all the co-hosts. We got Ryan Whitfield, Joey Alibro, and Scott King. This is going to be... This is uh, momentous. Can't believe we're all online. And for once, Ryan is on time. This is fantastic. This is great news, guys. I mean, uh, this is, uh, mark your calendars. December yeah, 16th, 2020. Yeah, disrespect. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for it. <laughs> That's what he gets for being on time. All right. Hey, uh, first of all, before we get started, Joey, everyone knows that you're on the coaching staff of the Prince Avenue Christians High School Football Program. One of your games was uh, live on the uh, ESPN Network last Friday, correct? That is correct. I have unfortunate news. We uh, ended up losing to a really, really talented Raven County program, 38-31. to 31. We were actually down 31-7 to 7, uh, early in the third quarter. We came back tied at 31-31, to 31, and their, their five-star quarterback had a, had a great drive there at the end of the game, and we had about two minutes left and could have got it done. Um, excited for this week. Uh, playing Providence Christian, probably going to come out with a W. Um, so just keep on keeping on, I guess. Yeah, well, that's great. I mean, obviously, exciting to be on uh, on ESPN Network and then having their program on TV. Uh, that's amazing. And uh, you know, the yeah, fact absolutely. of the matter is, that everybody was uh, yeah, everybody was sending me pictures of my my pretty face. So that was fun. <laughs> We may dispute the pretty part, but okay, we, we know your face is there, that's, that's for sure. We can agree with that part. All right, NFL season has started, guys. We have a lot to talk about today. Before we get there, one quick note. looks like the Big Ten has reversed course, and we'll have an eight-game season starting mid-October. I know a lot of people have a lot to say about that. Scott, Ohio State fan, I know you are. What are your thoughts on this? Hey, I'm just glad that they got it sorted out and, and got some games in the fall. So I'll take eight games, six games, as long as they're on the field. I think that's what's most important. So uh, I'm very glad to see them get this sorted out before, yeah, before I, spring. I agree. And it'll be interesting to see how this all works out for the uh, college football championship. Obviously, eight games, less than ten um, that some other teams are going to be playing. So Okay, going to be a crazy, crazy year. But anyway, on to the NFL. we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about our top game of the week in week one, top rookie performances, top fantasy football waiver pickup from week one, and then looking ahead to week two, the top game that we're low looking forward to watching, and that's all coming up right now. NFL Week 1, we didn't know if we are going to get here, but here we are, and uh, boy, what a week it was. Lots of great football and a lot of great games. Let's talk about our top game from Week 1. Ryan, let's start with you. Tell us about which game did you think was the top game for Week 1, and tell us a little bit about why. Yeah, for me it was the, the Rams and um, the Cowboys, uh, the start of the Mike McCarthy era uh, in, mm-hmm. in Dallas. Um, you know, I think um, – it, you know, the, where it starts for me, I guess, is that I, I have a huge issue with um, with uh, coaches who take or coaches and players who take years take a year off and then try to come back. Um, it very rarely works. Uh, on top of that, something I never realized until the Sunday night broadcast, which kudos to them um, for pointing this out the other night, that uh, no coach has ever won a Super Bowl two different teams 
um, which, you know, and McCarthy obviously won one with the Packers. So I think it just shows how difficult it is to win uh, with, a new, with a new program. You think about some of the, you know, some of the greats who have come back and tried to win. Um, you know, Gibbs uh, comes top of mind of a guy who took some time off and he came back. And um, so I, I just think stepping away, the game moves so quickly um, from year to year. And, and, you know, and, and to miss a whole year, I think, makes a difference. I also think that the Packers, especially towards the end, were good in spite of McCarthy, not because of McCarthy. I think keeping Kellen Moore on as the offensive coordinator uh, was a potentially scary uh, decision because that offense looked – it just – from an eyeball test, I mean, does a team moving the ball with that much talent look like it, make it look harder than the Dallas Cowboys? Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I'll tell you internally from – um, just, you know, I obviously work for or do part-time work over PFF, so I can see a lot of the, um, you know, the grading and stuff as a member over there. Um, I mean, you can do, obviously, their membership, but it's, you know, Zeke Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, like if you ask people who are the top three running backs in football, if you run name Elliott. Um, the, the thought at, at PFF, and they show this in the Sunday Night Graphics, that he's the 10th-ranked running back in football, according to PFF, and that there are guys who could do a lot more with that offensive line than he can. Um, and then you factor in the fact that some of the key parts of the offensive line are getting older and didn't look as good the other night. Um, the Cowboys, who were super, kind of a Super Bowl dark horse for some people, and I guess a favorite for some others, but, you know, there's some in, in the contention conversation in the West, uh, or in, in, in the West, Jesus, in the NFC. Um, you know, I think that they could easily end up a 7 9 8 and 8 ball club this year. Um, uh-huh. So, and for somebody who really wanted to see CD Lamb, uh, I, I was very frustrated all night. So, um, um, that's on that half. On the other half, I thought the Rams uh, looked much more like themselves from two years ago. We all talked about it's very hard to lose the Super Bowl, come back and win the next year. So I think he had some of that Super Bowl hangover last year. Um, Jalen Ramsey, who did not have a very good season last year, uh, got paid and looked and looked better. I thought on you know in the small sample size we have now on Sunday night. Um, yep. And so I thought. I thought the Rams looked more physical. I thought they made more of a commitment to run the ball. Uh, a guy that I've been talking about for two years in this podcast and his yards per carry, uh, Malcolm Brown, finally gets the opportunity to be a lead back. And yeah, look good. All these other Absolutely. guys, they bring in, do this stuff. All Malcolm Brown does is gain yards and play physical. So they want to play more physical. So I'm actually hopeful that, that he's going to be their premier guy this year because I think he can handle it. So I thought that was awesome to see. All that said, in the end, I think that I'm a guy who likes people to swallow the whistles at the end of the game. I'm sorry. They should have swallowed that whistle, and what a sell job by Jalen Ramsey. I know a lot of these guys at one point, <laughs> a lot of professional athletes were, were multi-sport players at, at a different age. Um, I think it's safe to say that uh, Jalen, especially with his height too, uh, probably could, you know, if he had any kind of shot at all, um, I think he could have played in the NBA uh, with a fluff like that. Because, uh, I mean, he got, I mean, there was an extension there, and by the letter of the law, you call that. In a situation, you don't. And when the guy acts like he got, like he got ripped in the shoulder and knocked back on that play, after Dak's best throw of the night. I thought that was frustrating. I thought we, sh- we should have been set up for a really entertaining uh, finish a la uh, the Detroit Lions game. <laughs> well, well, I call it the Bears game, but okay, that's fine. You can call it the Lions game if you like. That was I, I just had to dig at Scott there. <laughs> yeah, no comment. Still no comment. <laughs> Right. If you want to call it a Lions game, you know, I, I don't know if they were actually in it in that fourth quarter. But anyway, that being said, I totally agree. Um, some interesting interesting call there at the end with the pass interference. All right, let's move on over here. Uh, let's talk to you, Joey. What's uh, your top game of the week from week one? Uh, my top game of the week was Cardinals 49ers. Uh, Cardinals won uh, in surprising fashion, 24-20. 
Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before. I think I did on the on the fantasy podcast, but Kyler Murray was like my favorite pick, um, betting and just in general for MVP this mm-hmm. year. Um, and he didn't disappoint against a really talented 49ers defense. He had 230 yards to the air and a touchdown and 90, 91 yards on the ground and, uh, and a touchdown on the ground. Um, again, I guess a really, really talented 49ers team that was, you know, in the Super Bowl last year. They, they lost. Um, but Kyler Murray impressed. DeAndre Hopkins had a great game, 14 catches, like 130 yards or something like that. Um, yep. So I expect even, even bigger games against less talented defenses. Um, so I, I kind of put a little little NFL future bet on Kyler Murray uh, winning MVP, so maybe I can cash out on that at the end of the nice. year. All right. Well, that's, that'll be really interesting. I'm a big Kyler Murray fan, so I'm all on board on that. And I will note that the 49ers, one of the teams that I thought were going to underperform this year, along with uh, a couple others that we can talk about in week one, but I like that one. That was a fun game to watch, and it was interesting to see how DeAndre Hopkins was going to sink in with that team. There's a lot of talent there on the Cardinals. And then the 49ers, well, you know, I don't know what to say, but it's not like I do it. It's not like anybody didn't see this coming. But for that one big 79-yard run, uh, run after the catch um, by Raheem Mostert, not a whole lot of offense that looked exciting for the 49ers. But, okay, let's switch over to you, Scott. Tell us about your top game of the week for week one. Well, it's it's definitely not the Bears-Lions game, so that, so we'll, we'll move on from there. I don't know why not. Um, I mean, it was really that, great. Yeah, <laughs> it was horrible. The, the game that, that is intriguing to me was the Eagles-Redskins game, and I was watching this game um, because I've got Carson Wentz in, in uh, a couple of my fantasy leagues, and then Chase Young being on Washington. I was just kind of curious to see what, what it was going to look like. And I think this uh-huh. game is a good example of what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the lack of preseason, what, what the first week of the season and first couple of weeks are going to look like. And to me, this, this is like a stereotypical slow game or, or just an odd game without there being preseason. Right. So the Eagles came out a little quick. Carson put up a couple of touchdowns. I was feeling good. And then yep. the Washington defense kind of started getting their legs under them. Total sacks. Uh, Chase Young ended yeah. up with a sack and a half and a forced fumble. So yep. I think this is – and several of the games, if you look across the day, were just kind of odd. Teams teams scored, and then they, they slowed down. I don't know if they got tired. But it was just it, it was just ugly football. And and I think this is an example of just the preseason uh, missing that the, the Eagles looked a little rusty. Uh, Carson missed a couple of deep balls to uh, Jalen Rieger that would have ended up you know, giving them a few more touchdowns. So I think what we're going to see heading into week two, and I've already been looking at the lines, are some lines that are more based on what people saw in week one than maybe what the team truly has available to them. So I, I've got a few games that I'm looking to, to hopefully put some money down and not make a huge mistake myself, one of which being is the Eagles, because I think as a quality football team, the, the game just got away from them. So uh, I think it's a theme yeah. we saw the whole day, but um, but I, I'm I'm impressed with the the Washington uh, defense. Don't take away from the fact that these guys are going to put pressure on quarterbacks. They're going to uh, get some sacks. So from a fantasy standpoint, uh, something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, I agree. The uh, Washington uh, defense is really interesting to me. Lots of potential there that Del Rio has got in, at his disposal, including, of course, the aforementioned 
uh, second overall draft pick, Chase Young, who really made him, his presence felt there. Of course, the, uh, the fact that there was so much youth in Washington could be part of the reason why they started off so slow and sloppy. Um, I think there is going to be some problems with them keeping up on the offense, but their defense is pretty interesting. Eagles probably will bounce back. I totally agree with that. Let's go ahead and move on to the next topic here. So I'm going to go ahead and hit the bell on this. And let's talk about the top rookie performance from week one, because there were a lot of rookies that impacted football games this weekend. I mean, it's unbelievable uh, to me how many of them were um, very impactful in terms of just contribution uh, in uh, the pass game, in the run game, all over the place. And, of course, Joe Burrow at quarterback. Interesting ending to that game. But him, you know, uh, as, as effective as you would think that he could be, uh, as a rookie going in there. But, you know, just a short list here. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins, Zach Moss, LaVisca Chenault, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> and, you know, I won't say more about DeAndre Swift, but Joe Burrow and Joshua Kelly all scored touchdowns in week one, all rookies, and there are many other contributor, contributors as well. So let's go ahead and swing it back over there to you, Ryan. What was your top rookie performance of week one? Yeah, gotta find the <clears throat> the unmute button here. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think I think it has to be uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, uh-huh. I think it was yep. a really encouraging performance. Uh, I think that uh, particularly the way uh, we saw it, where it was um, uh, a lot of handoffs uh, between the tackles, a lot of tough running. Um, this was not a you know a, a game where they just you know, pass the ball 60 times, and they just dumped it off to him a bunch in the flat and let him get out in space and create, uh, which I think is what what a lot of the, the preseason rhetoric was on was on uh, Edward Hilaire, that that's, that that's the kind of back he was, and I think he showed um, that he can run between tackles. Now, the big question mm-hmm. is with his build, uh, can he sustain that over a 16-game season? Um, but he's a lot thicker than I remember. You know, he just, he, looks, right. he just looks bigger, more physical. A good comp I saw, I think it was actually by the player himself after the game, uh, not Clyde, but the player that comped. Um, I think uh, it was Maurice Jones-Drew tweeted out calling uh, Clyde his mini-me. Um, and I think that's a, probably a good comp if, if he can play and stay healthy of, of, a, of a guy with a similar style build um, and that height-wise might not necessarily think about running between the tackles. Um, so anyways, I thought that was a really impressive performance and you know, worth mentioning that the Texans, uh, particularly in their uh, – the linebacker core came on late last year, but especially, you know, they have a – a nice defensive line there. Um, so it's not exactly, it wasn't uh, running against a, you know, a terrible defensive line that can't stop anybody in the run. Um, it wasn't running against the Packers from last year. So I think that that was, I mean, that was impressive against who he did it against. Again, my big question with him would be, um, you know, how long he, if, if there's sustainability there. I also thought the other good encouraging thing was um, that it's usually a, a, a sign of a, more of a power back. Uh, that gets better as the game goes on. And I think you saw that with, with Clyde, that the more contact he took, the more he ran, the more physical the game got, the more he wore down that Texas defense. Um, so for at least one night, uh, you know, check mark him. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think he was really spectacular. 25 carries for 138 yards and a touchdown, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. Very, uh, very impressive for a rookie in his first start, particularly with no preseason. There was a lot of doubt about whether he could be in the system in time for that first game, uh, having no preseason games. The question I have is, will he be useful in the red zone? 
he was stuffed probably about five times within the five-yard line, um, and I thought that was maybe just a product of the game. It didn't really matter. It was already on, in hand at that point, but still, you'd like to see him bust one of those through and score. But let's go ahead and flip it over here, and Joey, let me ask you, what was your top rookie performance of week one? Yeah, I have a, a couple guys. Uh, first, kind of a homework, Andrew Thomas. He was the highest-graded Giants offensive lineman, according to PFF. Uh, did a great yeah, job. Um yeah particularly pass blocking, um, made a few mistakes run blocking, as you could see by Saquon Barkley's uh, stat line that was kind of getting the mean treatment <laughs> on Twitter, um, yep. which was, which is why I always want the Giants to not be on prime time because everybody <laughs> likes to ridicule them. Um, yep. but anyway, yep. yeah, Andrew Thomas had a great game. Um, uh, Giants bears next week. That's going to be a lot of fun. You'll get to see that. Um, and then my, my second rookie, um, was that is, Chase Young, uh, like Scott mentioned before, a couple of sacks, four yeah. fumble, uh, a couple of quarterback pressures. That's uh, super impressive um, given the circumstances of the offseason. Um, and the Eagles are no slouch. Um, I know they got a lot of injuries and stuff, but uh, coming in there, first game of the season, two sacks to start up the year, that's pretty good numbers. Uh, probably yeah. going to be defensive rookie of the year um, if he if he even has close to a game like that every week. Um yeah, those are my guys. Yeah, and I, and I love the uh, Andrew Thomas call, actually, even though it is a little bit of a homer pick, but I think that he is certainly someone who is really interesting to watch there. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, um, the uh, Giants didn't look so bad uh, for most of the game. It, it started to look more like the old Giants as we got later into the game as uh, Pittsburgh started pulling <laughs> away. But it was actually at the beginning of the first quarter or so, I was thinking, hey, these guys are moving the ball and keeping – uh, Daniel Jones upright, and he's making smart decisions, and then they all became the Giants again by the end of the game. So there we go. Uh, let's uh, talk to you about uh, the top rookie performance for you uh, here, Scott. What was your top rookie performance for week one? Well, it should be DeAndre Swift's uh, game-winning touchdown catch, but um, <laughs> fortunately that's Yes, that's in the alternate the reality, case. they're celebrating him right now. <laughs> right, in the upside down, we've got that covered. Um, and just a, just a side note, um, with the lions backfield from a fantasy standpoint, like if you are dabbling in that backfield, you need to run away because there's, um, you know, Adrian Peterson had a few good runs, but you don't want to touch any of these guys for a while because it's, it's going to be a mess. Um, for me, just it's back to chase young. Right. And I think one of the things I found interesting in the games that I was watching Sunday was, you know, the crowd noise from a defensive lineman standpoint from when the defense is the home team to disrupt the offense and and kind of create some of that uh, silent counts or cadence issues from offensive lines, that doesn't exist now, right? You can hear every word that's spoken. So the defense doesn't get any plus from being the home team, and the offense is able to do basically whatever they want. So – I think that was kind of an interesting thing. You know, obviously we've talked about Chase Young's performance, but, um, you know, from a defensive line, you don't get that benefit of maybe catching a tackle a little slow off the ball because they can't hear the count. Um, so that, I, th- I think that was kind of an interesting takeaway for me, um, you know, in addition to Chase Young being able to disrupt so much in his, his very first game. Uh, just something to keep an eye on with, with no fans in, in these in these stadiums, or very, very few at least. Totally agree. There definitely makes a difference. I thought there must be some sort of limitation on how loud you can make it in there. On TV, it sounded much louder than it probably really was, but 
very interesting to follow that as we continue down the season, see what the impact is. Uh, I will just very briefly say, I would love to say Chase Claypool had the biggest impact just because I'm a Notre Dame homer, but two receptions, 39 yards. He had some one really amazing catch uh, in the first quarter um, that I would like to highlight that, you know, I, I was just like, that's uh, brilliant. That's brilliant. It was definitely an NFL catch, uh, two, t- two toes down. So I'll set, send that out there. But what I really want to say is that, uh, that uh, Joshua um, from uh, – God, I'm just totally boffing this part here. Joshua Kelly uh, of, the, of the Los Angeles Chargers. I was going to call him the San Diego Chargers because I just can't get that out of my head. But 12 attempts, 60 yards, and a touchdown – I mean, hey, this guy looks legit, and he's one of those rookies that kind of flew under the radar in terms of um, running backs. Everyone thought Austin Eckler is the man, and uh, he's basically uh, splitting carries with them, 12 to 19 attempts. So anyway, let's go ahead and ring the bell on that one and move on to our next topic here. So hit the bell, and let's move on and talk about our top fantasy football waiver pickup for week one. I have some thoughts on what Ryan might say, but let's start with you, Ryan. What's your top fantasy football waiver pickup for week one? So I got three guys, and I'll work in uh, reverse order. Uh, so I know I'm cheating, but, you know, it's, it's a tough question because we're going to be talking about anything from an 18-team league to a 14-team league. Um, oh, you know, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, a guy that's pretty well-owned in every league. Uh, right now I'm seeing on Fantasy Pros that he's still unowned in 13% of Yahoo leagues, uh, which is too high as far as I'm concerned. He's the clear number two. I uh, had a rough start matching up with Big Ben. Uh, but still uh, pulled in uh, ridiculous, I think it was 10 targets. Uh, yeah, 10 targets with Deontay Johnson. Um, this is a guy I mentioned on the podcast. We talked about him in the preseason this year. We talked about him last year. I've, I've referenced this over and over again, but I think it's important to say because that, that, that coaching staff has been pretty uh, consistent. You know, Tomlin's one of the more tenured coaches in the NFL. Um, and there was a, a report that uh, from some, some local Pittsburgh writer uh, that I remember Joey Bag of Donuts, our, our buddy there, uh, Joey on, on yep. uh, who's on shirt, where they basically, this is before the season started last year, said that watching, they didn't think anything, they didn't think Deontay would be, have a breakout year last year, but that watching him was like watching, watching him in his first training camp was like watching Antonio Brown in his first training camp. So, I mean, this mm-hmm. is a place that just produces receivers out of nowhere, um, you know, over and over and over again over the last 15, 20 years. Uh, and this kid's the real deal. And again, at one point, I think he had one catch on five on his first uh, four targets or something like that. Um, and then he just started producing down the stretch. So ten targets, he's the real deal. He should be on the number Uh The second guy yep. who I can't honestly believe is, is only on the 24% of Yahoo leagues and only 30% of ESPN. There's no reason that after after this week, Paris Campbell should be on the waiver wire uh, and uh-huh. available in any of your leagues. Um, this is a guy who people have forgotten about because he was hurt last year. He had nine targets. He's been a, one of those guys that everyone would talk about for a sleeper coming into this year. He had nine targets this weekend for six catches, 71 yards, had a longer 21. He had uh, even threw him a rushing attempt in there for nine yards. I mean, there, again, there's just no reason. That's, and that's just, a, that's just a steady performance, right? There was no huge play. There was no couple touchdown performance, no bunch of rush or trick plays. That just shows you that he's involved. He's the number two there. T.Y. Hilton can't stay healthy. Uh, Paris Campbell should be on every – on, on every roster, as far as I'm concerned. And then the guy is the deeper one, especially if you're in deep leagues um, and, and worth a bench stash, even if not, to be honest. Benny Snell Jr., I love the way he looked mm-hmm. last night, or can to go running the ball. Uh, James Conner can't stay healthy. I, I think we can all admit that now. You know, you see moving over and over again before you start to understand what the plot is. Um, so James Conner might only be out for a week or two right now. Benny Snell is still going to get some looks. 
but at some point, James Conner will be hurt again. And instead of having to go back on the waiver wire to get him again, you should just have him now, and you should just be uh, be keeping on your bench. I mean, especially if you're in 12 team or more leagues, uh, you know, and he's available in 80% of Yahoo and 85% of ESPN. Um, that's a crime. Totally agree with that one. Love Benny Snell Jr. He was actually in my column this week as well. Let's move it over, Joey. What are your top uh, fantasy football waiver pickups or week one? So the problem with this topic is that I'm not actually in any fantasy leagues, so I can't tell you who's <laughs> right. available. So um, you bring a unique typically. perspective, Joey. That's what it is. So you know, I'm, bringing, you're, you're I'm, I'm, I'm kind of – I'm going to do a little pat on the back segment because after one week, Darius Slayton, when we talked about sophomore picks in fantasy – Darius Slayton had yep. two touchdowns uh, against the Steelers. Daniel Jones looked great. I know he had that inter- that really crappy interception at the goal line, but that's just a maturity thing. He just needs to learn how to throw the ball away, give up on a play. Um, but I also want to talk about how people are kind of praising Big Ben. For, oh, he's back. He's back. He didn't look very good against a kind of bad Giants defense. I mean, there's two guys in their secondary you could actually name if you're not a Giants fan. It's James Bradbury and Jabril Peppers who are just above average of the position. Unless you're a huge Corey Ballantyne fan, you don't know anybody else in Giants secondary. And Big Ben just looked okay. He kind of got shaken up the first time he hit the ground too, so I'd be kind of worried if I was a Steelers fan. But I saw a lot of tweets just kind of praising Big Ben, and I, he's a shit human being. I don't like him um, for, for a multitude <laughs> of reasons. And tell, tell I, us how you really I feel. Don't, I don't want to see him come back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just need to – pat myself on the back and get that big Ben slander out there. All right. Sounds good. Uh, and mission accomplished, Joey. Mission accomplished. You did both of those <laughs> things very well. All right, Scott. Let's uh, – why don't you fire away? What are your top uh, fantasy football waiver pickups for week one? So one thing that, that I found interesting this week as I was going through the waiver wire is is it seemed like I had about ten guys that I was trying to, to pick up. and. Yep, And I was trying to figure out if that meant that the league was deep this year and there was just talent everywhere or if it, everyone was just the same, right? And so I think it depends on what your needs are. So I, I think we hit on some of these guys, right, from the running back side. You've got Hines and Indy with the with the injury. Snell, we talk, talked yes. about Malcolm Brown. Yep. And then on the wide receiver side, um, Jalen Rieger is actually somebody I targeted in some leagues but just couldn't roster him. But I did pick him up. I think if you look back at that game, if he connects with Wentz on those deep balls, he's probably three catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. So, so there's some big play ability there. And then one that that I had an, an, a bit of an eye on preseason is Scotty Miller in Tampa, and he's he's in that slot that Wes Welker. Um, I just blanked. Tom Brady slot guys um, over the years. Yep. Interchangeable guy. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. I think he had six targets. I think he had six targets. And and, um, so, anyways, there's lots of depth out there just depending on what you need to grab up. Um, And, you know, keep an eye on these injuries, right? I mean, no, no surprise. There's no preseason. We've got, you know, Michael Thomas, high ankle sprain out, you know, yes. three, four weeks, Max Hurt. You know, guys are just, are just dropping like flies. So I had people trying to offer me trades for depth that I have in week one, and it's like there's no way. I, I've already got – I think I have three wide receivers questionable this week already because yep. guys are just yep. going to be hurt. It's hamstrings. It's 
ankles. It's, you know, not even the catastrophic injuries, but we're seeing uh, torn Achilles. Guys just aren't in game shape, and we're seeing it. So if you have depth, like hang on to it unless somebody's offering you the world. It would be would be some extra advice there. Yep, nope, totally, totally agree with that. All good ones. And I will also mention uh, another guy, Robbie Anderson, at 30% owned in Yahoo. He had a pretty good game, actually. You had some big expectations for him when he was in it's the Jets. Turns out with the Panthers, uh, eight, uh, six for eight targets, 115 yards and a touchdown against the Raiders. So uh, not bad, maybe 14-team leagues or deeper. And a real deep cut here, Keelan Cole's Jacksonville Jaguars. As of Sunday night, was 0% owned. He's moved up to maybe about 10 points. But 47 yards against the touch against the Colts, uh, had five targets. Who knows what's going to happen? Minshew is doing better than I thought. Side note, Robbie Anderson, by the way, made the most, interest, uh, the most entertaining comment that I saw all week. He actually saw um, the uh, Panthers mascot, Sir Purr, and said, hey, what's the deal with that bear? And they said, actually, that's that's the Panther, uh, Robbie. And he's like, really? He's like, yeah, we call him Sir Purr. And he's like, are you guys serious? So there you go. Uh, love it. That was brilliant by uh, by Robbie Anderson there. All right, real quick, top game of the week for week two. Let's go back to you, Ryan. What are you looking for in week two? Okay, I'll make this quick, but I do have to take one shot here. First of all, Joe is completely right about Ben Roethlisberger. Um, they were tongue-gazing him on the broadcast, and he, he did not have that good of a game. He didn't. So right. Um, right. congrats on getting back. Let's chill on that. Uh, the other part of that, though, this is a reference that's going to go over Joey's head, but there's an old Seinfeld episode where Elaine has a really big issue with the doctor she's dating because he calls a, a baby beautiful, and she's trying to figure out if the guy just calls all babies beautiful um, or if that he just has a bad standard for beautiful. And that's exactly how I felt when he said Daniel Jones looked great on, uh, on Monday night. <laughs> Um, <laughs> moving on. My game All right. this week. I, I have to want to pick the Patriots Seahawks because, uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I don't mention on this podcast that, you know, you guys all thought it was over, but here the Patriots are again, just won it all right out of the gate. So, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> we just won't go away. Uh, but outside of that, um, I chose the Texans, uh, Ravens game. The schedule makers did the Texans no favors. You know, they come out of the gate to play the defending Super Bowl champs. In Arrowhead on Thursday night, which actually turned out to be easier because of no crowd. Now they go home to play the Baltimore Ravens, who uh, at yep. one point last year looked like we're clearly going to run away and go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and then they follow up next week with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, who who look to be back this year. Just you know, even if yep. even if Ben is hurt, that defense is good. There's enough weapons there. The ben just has solid. Good, yep. not great. So um, you know, I think I think the season can get away from the Texans real early. Uh, if they don't win this game, I almost I, I, it's, it's it's hard to call a week two a, a must win, but zero and two pressure of having to win that third game, I just don't like that situation. I think you have to go out here and pop one off against the Ravens early, um, oh, yeah, and, and get order. back on track. So it's a it's a, it's a very important game for them. Uh, the biggest thing, um, and I can't do all the grades here on on here because it's against rules, but uh, just looking at the PFF grades, I'll tell you, there's only one guy who who graded worth anything out of that receiving core uh, last week, and it and it was Will Fuller. Um, you know, according to PFF, everybody else had had really really bad days, and I had high expectations for Randall Cobb. I had high expectations uh-huh. for Brandon Cooks. I thought they did a nice job filling in that roster uh, behind them, uh-huh. and we saw a vintage performance from David Johnson. It still wasn't enough. I don't think David Johnson's that good anymore. I think what we saw was week one fresh legs. I think that's only going to get worse as the season goes on. So 
Anyways, this is a big matchup for the Texans. It's probably not as big of a game. Not probably. Definitely not as big for the Ravens. Um, the Ravens look yep. scary good again last week, but they didn't miss a beat. Uh, I can't say from last season because the way the season ended wasn't great. But, you know, prior to that Tennessee game, uh, everything <laughs> up to that looked like they picked up right where they left off in terms of that. Yep, it should be a good one for 25 p.m. on Sunday, Ravens at Texans. Okay, let's uh, switch it over to you, Joey. What uh, game are you looking to watch on week in week two? Well, besides the Giants uh, whooping up on your Bears, uh, my <laughs> oh, game I, is... I wouldn't bet put money on that one. <laughs> <laughs> my game on either side, is... actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my game of the week is actually going to be Patriots-Seahawks. Um, I don't think there's a there's a better game better game out there, honestly. You know, Bengals Browns tomorrow. Kind of, uh, you're interested in two Heisman winning quarterbacks, number one picks, whatever going at it. That's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. But in terms of like implications for the the entire season, I think Patriots Seahawks is the best matchup. Um, Patriots played kind of a, a weak Dolphins team last week. Cam Newton looked actually really good, um, and you could, we saw like what that offense could do. Um, and I would, I'm interested to see what they can do against a good Seahawks team. If they can come out of there with a win, I'll be um, I'll be really really impressed with Cam and, and that whole team. You know, considering he's only had a, about a month or so to get ready for the season. Um, Ryan mentioned Ravens Texans. I think that's also another good one. Um, I think the Ravens are going to put a whooping on the Texans, though, if I'm being honest. Um, right. But the rest of them don't really interest me all that much. Maybe Panthers Bucks. I'd love to see Brady get a win uh, in Tampa finally. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's about it. Yeah, a lot of pressure on on Tom uh, Tom Brady already after only one game. Uh, Bruce Arians kind of throwing him under the bus immediately uh, in his first press conference. So very interesting to see what's going to happen over there. And, of course, Chris Godwin with an injury now, uh, I believe, and the concussion protocol, that's not good news. And Mike Evans still not 100%, not trending the way that everyone says it's going to trend. Okay, so Patriots at Seahawks Sunday night game, 8.20 p.m. should be interesting. Seahawks favored by four. All right, let's go and turn to you, Scott. What's the what game are you looking forward to in week two? Uh, so I'm I'm actually interested in this Bengals Browns game for for several reasons. One, one uh-huh. I, I've got Mixon, uh, AJ Green, and Landry on on a team that I'm trying to sort out what to do with since there's so many injuries going on right now. Um, but I, I'm also just interested to see how Joe Burrow responds. I think it's, uh, you know, the the Browns have been kind of hyped up, and I've been I've been crushing Baker Mayfield since he was at Oklahoma. I, I couldn't stand him there, uh, spiking his little flag <laughs> at, at Ohio Stadium didn't didn't do too much for me. Um, but I, I never bought him as a NFL quarterback, and I've been called names that I don't even know what they mean by Browns fans um, over the years, but I'm turning out to be right. They are creative. And they were just horrible. (laughs) And they were just horrible in week one. And Joe Burrow would have had a win if not for a late offensive pass interference call that I think was a little weak. Um, He'd be one and oh. So I think it's an intriguing game. I think the Browns um, are, if they don't pull it together here shortly, are going to start spiraling out of control. I think it's a, a team that will not be able to um, have the maturity to, to to pull it together if things start to get weird. I even saw some – I just saw it in one place, a talk about Odell being traded, which I think would be interesting. But, um, yeah, I think, it'll, I think we'll see where we're at. I think Joe Burrow did a really good job last week. We'll see what Brady does. 
Um, Landry's got some lingering issues with his hip. I'm trying to figure out what to do with Joe Mixon uh-huh. needs to get some touches. So, um, yep. it's a prime time standalone game. So we'll see what we, you know, what we get out of these guys, but I, I'm going with the Browns at home. I think they do uh, bounce back a little bit, but this game could be like nine to four or something somehow. So uh, don't be overly <laughs> right. excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be really interesting if it ended up being 94. That that would be uh that would be a winner in my book. I, I so I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan, but I have to say, I do like his progressive commercials. I think they are kind of entertaining. Anyway, Bengals at Browns uh Thursday night game, 8:20 p.m. and uh Browns are favored by 6 there. Okay, guys, we're at the end of the show. It just uh, just creeps up on us hitting the horn on the show there. Thanks, everybody, uh, for coming out and joining us. So let's go ahead and go around the horn here. Uh, Ryan, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? So I know we're up against it, but I do got to mention three quick things here. Um, All right. Scott made a really good point earlier to not overreact to one-week one week sample size and to not count out the, the, the talented Philadelphia Eagles roster. Absolutely agree. But at some point, we do have to have a conversation about how Carson Wentz had one good flash in the pan season and has progressively gotten worse every single year since. And I, I need to stop hearing about his weapons being hurt um, and that there's nothing around him. He's got a great offensive line. He's got two tight ends when most of the teams in the league don't even have one. He's constantly got some kind of a running game to work with. Um, and then, you know, like you mentioned, he missed Jalen Rieger twice on, uh, on, on touchdown passes. So um, that's something to look out for. Continue if he has another, yep. another bad. He's gone down a PFF grade every year, single year since 2017. Um, also, I do want to take a victory lap for a second. I told you guys four, four or five years ago, that Bruce Arians is a terrible coach and an absolute bum, and this is not me <laughs> protecting Brady because he came out and criticized him after the game, but here's, here's what Tommy's going to find out this year, that people always said Brady wasn't surrounded with anything. He was surrounded with the most disciplined and best coach in the history of the league who always had his team prepared. He now left to go to a team that led the league in penalties last year and is already tied for leading the league in penalties this year. The grass ain't always greener, Tommy. you got a team where you had guys running into each other in kickoffs, you was fumbles, pick sixes, penalties. They couldn't stop jumping off sides on both sides of the ball. Welcome to the losingest place in the whole NFL, Tampa Bay. Wow. Enjoy it. But Ooh. at least you and Crocker are having fun now. You guys are having fun because Arians is just one of the guys, and he drinks paint, uh, cans of paint because he thinks it's milk. You know, that's what you're dealing with. So enjoy that, Tommy. <laughs> See you later. We don't miss you. Um, uh-huh. So with all that, follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Whitfield <laughs> That's right, because Ryan has no opinions whatsoever. So definitely pick up that nice neutral uh, follow because there's nothing, nothing controversial coming out of his mouth. All right, let's go ahead, turn it over to Joey. Give us your social media so people can follow you. Yeah, I'm definitely on that. Uh, that Wentz is not actually really good uh, train that Ryan just yep. started there. Uh, but you guys yep. can follow me at <laughs> we're all on it. social media platforms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do one more, Scott. Uh, how about your social media so people can follow you? Yes, you can find me at uh, NFL Fantasy underscore more on Twitter. And uh, j- just a note, I guess back to the Brady side, if Godwin and Evans are both hobbled, Scotty Miller might see 15 or 20 targets on Sunday. So uh, if you need a deep receiver, I think he's becoming more interesting as we go through the week. Yeah, most definitely, and I and I actually bet on Godwin with Evans uh, hamper, hampered uh, this last weekend, and I was very disappointed. So hey, you know what? Bet on anybody else is <laughs> the way I see it at this point. All right, guys, 
Thanks, everybody. Awesome show. Thanks, everyone who came out to listen. We really appreciate you. Thanks for coming and wasting time with us. And until next week, enjoy your NFL week. And for those urban sports team boys, if you're listening, make picks last week. You got it. <laughs> Nothing like bringing the smoke to the urban sports team. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.